Jesus departed to the mountain to pray. And he spent the night in prayer to God. When they came, he called his disciples to himself. And from them, he chose 12, whom he also named apostles. Simon, whom he named Peter, and his brother Andrew, James, John, Philip, Bartholomew, Matthew, Thomas, James, the son of Alphaeus, Simon, who was called a zealot, and Judah, and Judas, the son of James, and Judas Iscariot, who became a traitor. And he came down with them and stood on a stretch of level ground. A great crowd of his disciples and a large number of the people from all Judea and Jerusalem and the coastal region of Tyre and Sidon came to hear him and to be healed of their diseases. And even those who were tormented by unclean spirits were cured. Everyone in the crowd sought to touch him because power came forth from him and he healed them all. My dear brothers and sisters in Christ, in today's readings, please, if we are not very spiritual, so to speak, if we are not very connected to Jesus in prayer and in his word, if we are not people who are in tuned to the spirit of God, we may have problems with St. Paul. Remember, St. Paul has told us before, the word of God is full of mysteries in a sense. It takes the Holy Spirit to unravel them to us. It takes the Holy Spirit to explain them to us. And that is why David will pray and say God should open his mind and his heart to see the wonderful truths in the word. Friends, in the first reading, St. Paul is condemning the Corinthian church for dragging each other before the civil court, so to speak. St. Paul is encouraging us to settle matters within us in the church. St. Paul is not saying that going to um, civil courts is bad in a sense, but all he's saying is that amongst us Christians, it is wrong and it is not the best to drag each other before civil courts, before unbelievers, judging one another or condemning one another. In the first place, why should there be that need? Yes, we are human, but let us also remember that we are children of God. St. Paul calls us holy ones. We are holy ones. We are Christians. And so if by God's grace we are willing and in tune in, uh, with God, in tune with God in prayer and the word of God, friends, no matter what comes up between us, whatever the issues are, we should be able to settle them amongst us. We should be able to go to the elders of the church, so to speak, our parish council, the parish priest, and resolve matters confronting us. Friends, when we take issues before unbelievers, arguments before unbelievers, we end up counter-witnessing to Christ. We end up not witnessing to Christ because, you see, two people cannot be right on the same issue which they are arguing about, you know? So when we take an issue before them and we are arguing about it, 
it is obvious somehow that one of us is telling a lie. And can you imagine two Christians who are supposed to be honest? One is telling a lie. That is a counter witness. And so it behoves on us to make sure that whatever issues we have, we are sincere in our hearts. We are truthful. And when we are even truthful to one another, there will be no need to take the matter to anyone else to judge. If we are honest and sincere, friends, that is why we have to be serious with our Christian faith. Friends, St. Paul says it is a shame when we drag one another before the civil courts as Christians. On the other hand, or on, or, on, on the other hand, he encourages us to see to it that we resolve matters among ourselves. And this calls for honesty. In other words, St. Paul is saying that justice should be found in the house of God. And what a contradiction if we cannot find justice among the just ones. What a shame and a contradiction if the house of God is corrupt, so to speak. Friends, yes, we are human, but we have been redeemed and we are called to perfection and to holiness to be like God. Friends, this is not going to be possible if we are not people of prayer. If we are not people who are sincere. If you go to the prayer over the offerings of today's mass, it says, Oh God, who give us the gift of true prayer and of peace. True prayer and of peace. So there is a false prayer. And friends, only people engage in false prayer whose prayer is not authentic, whose prayer is not sincere. These are the people who will be engaging in dragging one another before, before unbelievers. Friends, the very fact that you sit before an unbeliever and you are saying something untrue or false about your Christian brother is a, or a Christian sister is a counter witness. What are you, what are you, um, what are you, um, what are you, um, what example are you giving to that unbeliever? Friends, we are supposed to resolve issues among ourselves. It is very shameful for a Christian to go and sit before an unbeliever and be insulting and be backbiting and be saying all kinds of falsehood against another Christian brother, even if it is true. It is wrong for us to go and sit before unbelievers and backbite and gossip. It is wrong. Friends, whatever we see our brother doing or our sister doing, charity demands we go and talk to the brother or sister in love. That is what St. Paul is calling us to. And so he says that we should remember, we should not deceive ourselves, neither fornicators nor idolaters nor adulterers nor boy prostitutes that is homosexuals nor sodomites nor thieves nor the greedy nor drunkards nor slanderers nor robbers will inherit the kingdom of god friends the kingdom of god saint paul says that when we engage in these acts fornication idolatry idolatry then adultery then homosexuality sodomites thieves, stealing, greedy, drunkards, slanderers, robbers. He says these people or those engaged in this will not inherit the kingdom of God. He says we should not deceive ourselves. Friends, these are realities in our lives. It takes only prayer. It takes sincere and true prayer for us to overcome these vices in our lives. 
God wants us to inherit the kingdom. The kingdom of God here now on earth and later in heaven, so to speak. Jesus says the kingdom of God is right here. Friends, when we engage in these vices, St. Paul says we will not inherit the kingdom of God. In Romans 14, verse 17, St. Paul says the kingdom of God is not about food and drink. It's about righteousness. It's about peace. It's about joy in the Holy Spirit. So what it means is that when we engage in these things, we will not experience true peace, true joy, and the true righteousness we have been made into. Friends, Jesus has made us righteous. For us to experience this righteousness, this true joy, this true peace in our lives, we must eschew these bad habits. Friends, it takes prayer. I said it earlier on, if we are not in tuned in God or with God, we will not understand St. Paul. Friends, St. Paul also says in 1 Corinthians, Corinthians, yes, 4.20, he says the kingdom of God is not about talk, it's about power. 1 Corinthians 4 verse 20, the kingdom of God is not of talk, it's not a matter of words, for the kingdom of God is not a matter of words, but of power. The kingdom of God is about power. The kingdom of God. So when St. Paul says, that's 1 Corinthians 4 verse 20, 1 Corinthians 4 20. So when St. Paul says that those who engage in these things will not inherit the kingdom of God, all he's saying also is that we will not have the power to live the Christian life. We will not have the power to exhibit the character of the Holy Spirit, the gifts of the Holy Spirit. We will not have the power to live the Christian life. We will not have the power to exhibit and show Christ to the world when we engage in these things. Because those who engage in them will not inherit the kingdom of God, will not inherit the power of God. And friends, we need power. We need power as Christians to overcome the enemy. We need power. The only language the enemy understands is power. The the only language opposition understands is power. Friends, if we are not powerful Christians, so to speak, if we we are not living in the power of the Holy Spirit, the enemy will mess up with us. Satan will torment us. Look at what happened in the gospel. The people ran to Jesus because, so to speak, they lacked power. If you have power, Jesus in you, Christ is our power. The kingdom of God is power. If Christ is in us and with us, no demon can torment us. Take note of that. For all those or to all those who did receive Christ, God gave them power. The kingdom of God is all about power. The kingdom of God is about the power of Christ. All those who did receive him, John 1, 12, all those who believe in Jesus, God gave them power, the right to become the sons and daughters of God. As children of God, we are supposed to be powerful, operating in the power of the Holy Spirit. Jesus made a promise in uh, in Acts 1.8, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Friends, by virtue of our baptism and confirmation, we received power, the power of the Holy Spirit. And we are supposed to walk in that power. And we need this power to overcome the, 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 the plans and the activities of the enemy, Satan. Jesus came for that purpose, 1 John 3, 8. For this purpose, the Son of God came to destroy the works of the enemy. Friends, we cannot destroy the works of the enemy if we have no power, if we are powerless. In other words, when we engage in these activities St. Paul mentioned, we cannot overcome the enemy. 
We will be living defeated Christian lives, and that will be a contradiction. The Christian life is supposed to be a victorious Christian life. Who is it that overcomes the world? The one who believes that Jesus Christ is the Lord. And that is what St. Paul is calling us, to do justice and act justly in the church and in our lives. Friends, and I said it earlier on, this is not possible without the power of Christ. And how do we get the power of Christ? By eschewing the bad elements that Paul mentioned in the first reading, and also engaging in sincere prayer. In the gospel, we are told that Jesus departed to the mountain to pray. Think about it. Jesus, Jesus is God. And yet he made time to pray. Friends, we deceive ourselves. As St. Paul says, we should not deceive ourselves. We deceive ourselves when we think that we can live without prayer. When we think and act and behave as if we can do without prayer to God. Sincere prayer, spending time with God in prayer. You and I cannot make it in this life without a genuine time of prayer with the Lord daily. Friends, in fact, we are expected to always be in touch with the Lord. Jesus departed to the mountain to pray. Do you have a mountain to pray? Do you have a mountain where you go to pray, so to speak? Do you have a place in your room where you have time to sit and commune, commune with God? Jesus departed from the crowds and went to pray. We must make time to be alone with God. It is in our own interest. Look at what it says. And he spent the night in prayer to God. He spent the night in prayer. All night, he went for an all-night prayer. Jesus spent the whole night in prayer. Think about that. What was he talking about? We spend our nights checking our phones. We spend our nights talking unnecessarily on our phones. Friends, we spend our time unnecessarily doing things that are not going to help us. Jesus spent the night in prayer to God. Friends, we go to prayer. If our prayer is sincere, when we are going to pray, we must turn our phones off. Think about it. Before God, our phones are on. And friends call, or we are even WhatsApping, think about it, texting. In the presence of God, that is a form of disrespect. Can you sit before President Donald Trump and receive a call in his presence? Think about it. And yet when we go to pray, we go to church, our phones are on. That is gross disrespect to the Lord. Gross disrespect. And it shows how unserious we are. Friends, it is time to get serious with the Lord, with our attitude towards prayer. And so we are told also that a great crowd of his disciples and a large number of the people from all Judea and Jerusalem and the coastal region of Tyre and Sidon came to hear him and to be healed of their diseases. They came to hear the word of God. They placed so much premium on the word of God. Look, they came from all over Judea, all over Jerusalem, Tyre and Sidon. They came to hear Jesus. Friends, we must place importance, the highest importance on hearing the word of God. And they came to be healed of their diseases. The scriptures tell us in the Psalms, God sent his word to heal their diseases. The word of God contains healing. The word of God contains power to comfort, to console, and to heal us. They came to hear us. They came to hear Jesus. That is why in the mass, the word of God is proclaimed to us. 
it is expected in the spiritual realm and even in the physical realm if you will mix what we hear in church with faith we will experience divine healing and emotional healing and spiritual healing and physical healing as we hear the word of god god sent his word to heal us there is healing in the word of god friends i have seen it and i've experienced it healing in the mass the eucharist the mass is a healing moment encounter with jesus at any point in time is a healing moment we must become conscious of this fact the mass is not just an ordinary celebration friends it is a supernatural celebration where heaven unites with earth where power the power of the word of god the power of jesus christ himself in the eucharist is manifest let us not joke with the mass think about it all these people came to hear the word of god that is what happens at mass let us be conscious of this fact when we are at mass we are told everyone in the crowd sought to touch jesus because power came from him and healed them all power came from him power came out from him so there is power coming out from the word of god when it is proclaimed in mass there is power coming out from the word of god when we are meditating on it there is power coming from the word of god and the whole mass is the word of god all the prayers in the mass the eucharistic prayers all the words the preach the priest uses are from the word of god that is why the mass is the most powerful prayer because every single aspect of it comes from the word of god and what comes from the word of god we are told power comes from the word of god and jesus in the eucharist is full of power today as you go for communion and anytime you are going for communion have this at the back of your mind you are not just going to receive jesus you are receiving the totality of jesus he and his power and expect whatever is wrong with you as you receive him he will dissolve it listen everyone in the crowd sought to touch jesus because power came forth from him and healed them all they were longing to touch him and you are receiving him body and soul and divinity eating him so to speak why won't you be healed and why can't you be healed friends let us pray for grace to engage in serious prayer with the lord to engage with serious meditation on the word of god that is what we are called to do without authentic prayer with jesus and authentic meditation on the word of god we will not be able to understand and accept what saint paul is telling us first of all and indeed we will not be able to understand and appreciate what the church is teaching us that is the mind of god through the church to teach us to see the deep things the deep mysteries in the eucharistic celebration in the mass may we go may, may god help all of us to be serious like all the people who came from we are said we are told who came from judea jerusalem and the coastal region of tyre and sidon these were serious christians these were serious disciples they came to hear the word of god may god grant us their attitude may god grant us their attitude we pray for this attitude in this mass may we rise and present some intentions to the lord and let us remember that jesus spent the ninth prayer praying to god he spent the ninth praying to god let us make time to pray 
it is in our own interest. And may we ensure that justice is seen in our attitude and in the church. Friends, we must be serious with God, like the people in the gospel. May we rise and present some intentions to the Lord. And let us make time to seriously and sincerely engage in prayer. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you.